Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Got Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always to your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio each and every week of this time. We always have great conversations to put some uh, money in your pocket when it comes to Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Hit on Twitter at Aaron K. Dolan. Before we get to the money part, we got two things to discuss. <laughs> One that we knew we were going to, and the other one was she brought up. I'm going to start the first one. We're having people call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on the first car they ever had. So, Aaron Dolan, what was the first car you ever had? It was a Honda Pilot that my mom had handed down to me uh, day one of getting you know the license. I did hit a fire hydrant, and then the car lasted a good two months before I The first day it. you hit a fire first hydrant? First day, and then I tried to get it off of it with like this thing that you wash it, and it ended up being the wrong thing. So my parents were like, what happened to the back of the car? <laughs> it was day one, and then, yeah, the car was totaled within a couple months. So I didn't have another car for a long time. Okay, so we started my there. <laughs> so we started there, so we'll give a bypass. But Chad Brown is really, really thinking Aaron is strange now because you've been called a serial killer. Why? Because I said that you put the milk in before the cereal. Because that way you eat till the end of the milk. You don't eat till the end of the actual cereal. It's the most cost-effective way, I believe. Because I don't like a lot of milk. So you have to watch the amount of milk you're consuming. Are you eating a stranger's house every day? Is it a different size bowl being presented to you every day? I'm not sure. No, I just think I think you put happening. the milk in first. I don't know why you put the cereal in first because then you can't see the milk and then you overpour the milk and then it's like soggy. Yes, uh, no, I got to add I, it in so it's fresh. <laughs> like you add a little bit at a time so nothing gets soggy. I wish people could see the look on Chad Brown's face oh right my now. Goodness. I eat cereal every morning. If I'm at home, I eat cereal. You know, and, okay, and apparently a, you're a milk after type guy. Uh, yes, I definitely am a milk after kind of guy. And I've got my standard bowl, so I got the ratio figured out. It didn't take me very well, long to figure out. Let me also specify, I don't consume milk. It's almond milk or, or bust. I don't. Really? Yeah, no. That that kind of skews me out. I, I didn't realize there was a kind of etiquette. The white gallons, like, freak me out. It's too much. It's, Why? I don't know. It's just, like, skeevy. I don't know. <laughs> like, do people who put milk in their coffee, like, kind of foul. <laughs> do you do plant milk? Is it always animal milk? What's no, your just, like, milk of choice? Milk. Once in a while. Like, I'm not a big cereal girl, but if I am going to dabble in some cereal, you know, uh-huh. just <laughs> almond milk it. Almond milk and cereal. <laughs> All right. Put the almond milk in first. <laughs> I wish people could see the look on everybody's face right now between Chad Brown. I have never heard of such. Never. You know what? What do you mean? You've never heard of someone putting milk in before the cereal? Come on. I have lived with dudes. Dudes are fantastic at eating cereal. I have never seen a dude pour milk into a bowl and then... Put it, sprinkle in some cereal a, a couple of bites at a time to make sure it doesn't sog. It's always the Soggy opposite. Soggy cereal is nasty. That's true. We can true. all can confirm that. That's true. Like a honeycomb at the end, if it's like real soggy, it's yeah, not It's not, it's it not the same. Honeycomb, Cap'n Crunch, you name it. When it's <laughs> soggy, it's not good. Exactly. Right. See, I never have to worry about such things. That cereal look a long gone before it gets to Soggyville as far as that goes. Uh, I got a question. Is, sure. Is cereal a soup? No. 
Cereal. Cereal soup. Soup no. has to have broth in it, so no. Thank you. It's got to have stock in it and everything. You're also not yeah. heating up yeah. your cereal. That's cereal. Think about it. The ingredients you have, the no. wet texture there. No. No. Yeah, no. wet no. texture. Noodles no. don't taste like cereal. And Thank the, you. And yeah. They're both served in a bowl. They both use a spoon, but they are not the same. Thank you. Yes. No. That's that. like saying is rice the same as... As right? quinoa, yeah. Just because it's all in a bowl. It's just, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just because it's bowl adjacent or bowl centric, no, it's not the same thing. No, I'm with you. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst. I bet you if you took a bet on that, we'd be talking about cereal and cars. You'd have lost that bet. <laughs> Hit her on Twitter, Aaron K. Dolan, joining Freddie Coleman, and also Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. A lot of, a lot of people are paying attention to Thursday night football. Well, <laughs> I wonder reasons. why. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. I got the Chargers and the Raiders. Raiders come up a game in which they lost three to nothing. The yep. Chargers don't have their starting quarterback, Justin Herbert out for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Who do you like tonight? Let me tell you, on Thursdays and Mondays when I spend all day talking about one game that's you know not the best, it, it, it can be difficult. This game more specifically, the Raiders are laying three points. That total's super low right now at 34-and-a-half. Uh, primetime under is still crushing it, and just unders for both these teams in general have been cashing. Maybe you look at the first half under 16-and-a-half just with some of these quarterbacks struggling right. as of late. That's one way that you could try to attack it, and the Raiders more specifically have been bad in the first half of games in terms of putting up points. But the one play that stands out to me is Aiden O'Connell over 29-and-a-half passing attempts. This is really low for a guy that's averaging 35 passing attempts in the last three games, and a lot of this does come down to Antonio Pierce. You know, he wasn't that committal to O'Connell, of course, after last game. So there is a chance that, you know, if he doesn't play well in this one, he could potentially be benched, and that could affect this line. But at the same time, because this Chargers defense is so bad – 29th in defensive efficiency. They're allowing 37 passing attempts per game to opposing quarterbacks. So in my eyes, I don't really think O'Connell will get benched just because the Chargers defense is so bad. So Mm -hmm. it feels like a low number. I'd be looking to play over 29 and a half passing attempts for him. Again, not completions. It's passing attempts. You just got to throw the ball. That's all. He throws the ball. He just can't complete it. Exactly. That's why we're going with passing attempts. We're not talking completions. Definitely, definitely separate things. All right, Aaron. Uh, Dak Prescott leading the league in touchdown passes with 28. Seems like he's the MVP favorite. Yes. What are you making of all that? I think it's definitely not a bet to make at this point. There's just not good value at plus 160. Brock Purdy's right behind him at plus 175. Um, anybody else that's 10 to one or less would be Lamar Jackson, a plus five fifty, and Jalen hurts following him at 10 to one. Mm-hmm. I think that Dak Prescott and company, uh, probably won't win this game against Buffalo. So the odds are going to shift okay. each and every week. Like we said, continues does. to shift. Right. Um, you know, there's been a lot of movement, especially this week. And as things start to wind down, but Prescott's got a difficult schedule the rest of the way. So that's what I think is going to impact this first and foremost. So if you really per se love Dak Prescott and they end up losing this game, it will move back to some extent. I don't know by how much. It's not going to go from plus 160 to 10 to 1 or greater, mm-hmm. anything like that, because it is just one game. But you can try to wait and see if you can find better value on it. But at the same time, it's just at plus 160. I can't advise anybody to take the favorite at that number. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting. Al is joining us here each and every Thursday at this time with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Why don't you think Dallas can win on Sunday in Buffalo? Well, I mean, Dallas is 9-4 and against the spread. They're the best team against the spread this season. But I think because this game is going to be played on the road, and that's the biggest narrative around this squad, they've lost all three of their games 
on the road. They just played their last three games at home. It was nice. It was cozy. It was comfortable. Mm -hmm. AT&T Stadium. They got the cheerleaders. Everybody's, you know, doing cowboy (laughs) things in my ear about the Eagles loss. I'm about to say, that's like a bitter (laughs) Eagles fan coming through after what happened on Sunday. It is. But Dak Prescott also, I mean, he plays so well at home compared to on the road. And you can't really negate that just because he's had to step up in certain games on the road and just hasn't been able to. I mean, it was a tough loss, you know, when he played against the Eagles the first time at the link. And also, I mean, they lost the Cardinals randomly on the road as well. So the Bills are kind of clicking right now. And given that they're at home and it's only two and a half points, I do think this is one of those spots that, you know, the Bills, they they can't lose this game. They're at a point where, you know, they're going to put it all out there. Not that the Dallas Cowboys aren't, but they definitely have a little bit more of a cushion um, should something happen. So I do think, you know, the Dallas red zone offense has been much better the last, you know, couple of weeks compared to the beginning of the season because that was their struggle. But I would lay the points with the Bills here. All right, now the seven NBA matchups tonight. What are some of the top uh, betting trends for this evening's NBA action? Yes, so a couple of be- betting trends that caught my eye this morning. Uh, the Mavs are 18-5 and five to their team total over, including 8-2 and two to the over for their team total in the last 10 games. They're going to play the Timberwolves tonight. They're mm-hmm. Uh, team total set at 115.5, but keep in mind the Timberwolves have the best defensive rating in the league. Uh, Kyrie Irving is still out as well. Another one to keep an eye on, the Bulls are the worst team against the spread in the first half this season, averaging a league-low 50 points. Um, out of all 25 games that they've played, they've only covered six first-half spreads, 1-8-1 and one against the spread in the first half over the last 10 games. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's been better as of lately, but Zach Levine's still sideline. Right. Um, they're getting three and a half points in the first half against the Heat tonight. Heat are are on a back-to-back. They're without Hero, without Adebayo. Um, but those are two trends just to that have been sticking out and something I've been talking about for the last few weeks on our show as well. Real quick before we let you get out of here, Aaron, what best plays do you like tonight in the NBA? All right, we're going SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, for mm-hmm. those that don't call him that. Sorry, I should have started off with that. Over 32 <laughs> and a half points against the Kings. Uh, he had over this mark the last time they played, and we know the Kings are bottom 10 in the league in defensive rating. I also, for my best bet tonight, it's going to be the Celtics' first quarter, minus 2.5. Boston back at home. They average the most points in the opening frame in the league right now. They also lead the league in offensive rating when playing at home, so Mm -hmm. I think they'll be able to jump out on Cleveland. I know they were down by 10 points against this team on Tuesday in the first quarter. Doubt that's going to happen again. Again, Jason Tatum will be better. Then lastly, uh, the Warriors are getting 5.5 points against Clippers tonight. That's obviously a big storyline with Draymond Green. So I'm looking at Steph Curry over 37.5 points, rebounds, and assists. He's going to have to have a big game, and I think sometimes these players play into narratives as well. And The narrative is going to be that the Warriors are just going to fall apart on the road tonight just because of the drama, but I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. So I'm looking at Curry over points, rebounds, and assists tonight. She's a killer when it comes to making sure you have more money in your pocket by the end of the weekend. She's also a serial killer and a car killer. She is Erin Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Always does a great job with the numbers and the money. Great follow on Twitter at Erin Kate Dolan. Always a pleasure to have her here each and every week at this time on Freddie and Harry. Always good to see you, Erin. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Thanks, Erin. By the way, she joined me and Chad Brown here on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. They have insurance on motorcycles, boats, and RVs. So if you need protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. I don't know that I've ever been more impressed with Dak Prescott. What I say to myself is I haven't done He's become one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. You're going to go on and you're going to win your division. You're going to go on and possibly grab a number one seed. You're going to have an MVP candidacy. So you heard Aaron K. Dolan tell you she's not liking the Dallas Cowboys this week and on the road when they play the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at 425 Eastern time. Buffalo, a two-point favorite. By the way, to bring some memory to your memory, the Cowboys had the same record this year as they had last year at the 13 games. 
10 and 3. But uh, Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner and GM on his radio show this Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He says, This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It may be the same record, Chad and Freddie, but this year's team is different compared to last year because... I really think that uh, Dak uh, playing uh, the way he's playing, the way he's playing um, uh, in coordination with uh, what Mike's wanting uh, it to be on the offensive side of the ball, uh, understanding uh, with uh, uh, maybe as a result of the uh, time that he and Mike have spent together, but the understanding of, of just uh, the field position, the, again, the complementary football. And what a head coach that has uh, been around the what I call a walk around head coach that has been walking around or been around all phases of the football. They have a little different perspective when they're calling the plays on offense if they're the coordinator as well. And it's more complimentary. And I think we're getting the benefit of that. But uh, I think Dak's adaptation to what uh, Mike wanted to, uh, the direction he wanted us to go in, is big. That's Jerry Jones saying a lot there, Freddie Coleman. Very, <laughs> when does very, Jerry Jones not say a lot? This is true. That was a lot from Jerry Jones. But I think he's – if you try to wade through all the minutiae of what he was saying there, basically the quarterback and the play caller slash head coach are on the same page, and that's why this year's Dallas Cowboys 10-3 and record feels different than last year's 10-3 and Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Here's something else to what you just said and what uh, Jerry had to say. You got an offensive coordinator slash play caller slash head coach when it comes to Mike McCarthy playing to the strengths of his football team. That's why Mike McCarthy said, you know what, Kellamore, I can do this a lot better than you can as a play caller, and he bounced him out of there. Now, he landed on his feet seconds later with the Los Angeles Chargers, but that hasn't exactly worked out this year nope. before Justin Herbert got injured, and he's out for the rest of the season with a fractured finger. Mike McCarthy has clearly understood, and it took a while, though, it took the San Francisco game to have their brains beat now before Mike McCarthy said, I'm doing my team a disservice if I don't allow my playmakers to allow to make plays. 
and it started with the quarterback. I know Mike McCarthy's theory of protecting his quarterback and protecting the defense with the running game is going to work. Chad, you know this. Sometimes the best defense and offense going to get you 31-35 because the defense can say, hey, no matter what, that guy's got our back. No matter what we do, we know that we make plays, we help out the offense because the offense is helping us. The minute that Mike McCarthy got out of Mike McCarthy's way and Dak Prescott's way, that's why it's looked and felt different with this year's Cowboys at 10-3 and compared to last year's team. That also was 10-3 and three after 13 games. No, I absolutely want to agree with you about your, your defensive point. I, I, I was on some Steeler teams where we won a lot of games, 17-14, to 20-17, to 14-10. And it's just the, the, the margin for error defensively was so slim. Mm-hmm. It started to chip away at our aggressiveness because if I'm too aggressive really? here and I miss and this guy breaks this tackle, now he's off to the house. Hmm. So – Normally, you know, you're confident in your offense. Let me see if I can get an interception here. Let me, get, let me break on this ball and try to make an interception and make a play on it. No, hmm. well, I need to be safe and try to make a tackle because this guy catches it. There's no one behind me to stop this guy. And our margin for error is so slim. Our margin for victory week in and week out is just a few points. If we give up a big play or two, that could literally be the difference in the ball game. So for this Cowboys defense to have Dak Prescott on the offense operating on all cylinders, mm-hmm. now you can go out and be much more aggressive. And if you're Dan Quinn, you're not afraid to call a blitz. and that You don't have to be safe every single time. So you can unleash Parsons and people like that because, hey, if we're out of position one or two plays, we've got the offense to make up for that. Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. By the way, he's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys and Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills have this in common. When you're able to play like that, everybody feels better. When everybody's not trying to make you something that you're not. We've seen that from Josh Allen. And believe me, and I'll raise my hand, I hated the fact that he had to take that kind of verbal media beating from throwing interceptions in every game. But it always seemed that any interception he threw, and he's thrown an interception in eight straight games, it always seemed to be an interception that would flip the momentum on the other side for that football team and against his defense. But that defense never wavered with him. That defense said, don't stop being you. We'll figure it out. But if you're not going to be the Josh Allen that we need, then you're not helping us. I wonder how much of that conversation got the Mike McCarthy from his defense, specifically Micah Parsons, because Micah Parsons always let it be known, that's our quarterback. I don't care what happens. We're always going to have his back. I wonder how much that Mike McCarthy said, man, I got to stop doing this because Buffalo didn't try to do that with Josh Allen. They let him be Josh Allen. The minute that Mike McCarthy allowed Dak Prescott to be Dak Prescott, and you can say, well, they haven't played anybody. They haven't beaten anybody. It's the NFL. Anybody that can be beaten, it's not going to be an easy game, no matter how easy the offense made that look for the Dallas Cowboys. But I wonder how much of that mess has got through to Mike McCarthy at the 49ers game saying they're still going to have his back. But what am I doing that I'm not allowing him to be the Dak Prescott that he can be the way the Buffalo Bills never tried to do that when it came to Josh Allen? It's always fascinating to me when coaches take a look at a player and say, okay, this guy is great. Now I'm going to make him do what I want him to do. (laughs) What? What kind of logic does that make? Let's put people in positions to be successful. Let's exploit their skill sets. Let let Mm -hmm. them lead this. And then I will coach and find some parameters around that. Uh, you know, I was a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We brought in Cordell Stewart from my alma mater, University of Colorado. Mm-hmm. He was not ready to play quarterback early, so Bill Cowher invented the slash role. Yes. So he came on and played quarterback. He ran the option. He played wide receiver. He caught touchdown passes. He was such a good player. Let's give this guy a chance to be successful while he's learning the quarterback mm-hmm. position. 
versus maybe in, in Seattle where we had Mike Holmgren where he wanted a very West Coast kind of quarterback. He obviously spent time in San Francisco with Steve Young and Joe Montana. And so that was hard for him to look at a guy like uh, Seneca Wallace, who was one of the best athletes on our team right. and played quarterback at Iowa State. But he could not envision Seneca Wallace playing anything other than quarterback when he was ready. But it's like, this guy has touched the ball every play in college. Mm -hmm. We can trust him Mm -hmm. to be a receiver. We can trust him to be something else. So it wasn't until later in Mike's tenure that he decided to let Seneca Wallace play that receiver spot. And I think there's certain coaches who just get that kind of thing. And others, it's a little bit more of a struggle. And I think Mike McCarthy took some time to realize, I've got to let Dak be Dak, in your words, and that's going to be the best possible way to move our team forward. Based on what you just said, why do I get the feeling that this game feels like a money game and not just for the Dallas Cowboys? I think it is a a money game. This is one of those games where not only could Dak Prescott, you know, keep his MVP candidacy going, but he can gain the trust. Because I think there's a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans who recognize, okay, Dak's playing well. The numbers are great. 28 touchdowns are great. Interception numbers are low, only six. All that's good and well, but I need to see it in big games which will then give me confidence to see it in the playoffs. So this is one of those money games where you can put some money in the bank, Mm -hmm. literally, and Mm -hmm. then begin to gain in confidence that what you can do in a couple weeks down the road in the playoffs. And because when it comes to the Cowboys, they got to realize that every game is going to be a money game and not just in the regular season. Just because Jerry Jones feels different about his football team does not mean the expectations get less and less no matter who you are. I don't care if it's Dak Prescott. I don't care if it's CeeDee Lamb. I don't care if it's Michael Parsons. I don't care if it's Mike McCarthy. They've always been a Super Bowl or bust team. Just because expectations are raised does not mean that that takes away from what they better do. That's why I can't wait to see exactly what's going to happen. Mother Nature's not going to play a role in this game, Chad. 425 Eastern time, usually December in Buffalo, a little winter can come through there. Game time temperature going to be 41 degrees and sunshine. At 425. Well, darkness will be on the horizon. It gets dark early when wintertime happens. I can't wait to see who's a money player in a money game like this. And it's not just Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, not just Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, but anybody else out there because that's what this is going to feel like on Sunday. A money kind of game when that's the biggest game of the weekend with the Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at 425 Eastern Time. We always want to hear from you on the Dr. Pepper call online at Triple H say ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Which AFC team do you trust more? 888-729-3776. Chad Brown, he has a team. Freddie Coleman, I have a team. And I'm sure you have a team. 888-729-3776. What AFC team do you trust the most right now? We'll get to your calls and our thoughts next on Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Today on ESPN Daily, we're turning the college football world upside down. With bowl season on the horizon, our friend Ryan McGee reviews the 2023 college football season. That's ESPN Daily. Follow us and listen wherever you get good podcasts. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Vance, who is the biggest trash talker in your family? Man, gentlemen, I'd have to say it was my late father, VP, the original VP senior. But see, because here's the thing. He didn't only talk trash when we played basketball. He used them old man tricks, like pulling on your shirt. Yeah. And then he'd step on my foot when I tried to jump. Talk about where you going? His car broke down. His car 3,000 pounds. So I'm trying to push it up the incline on gravel. He's like, well, you lift all them weights and stuff. You can't even push this car. I'm like, <laughs> Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Three things for you. 30 minutes from now, thing number one, you're going to get into the conversation about Draymond Green and how, just how, this could be a reset for the Golden State Warriors despite his indefinite suspension that comes away in 30 minutes. Fin- 10 minutes away from your calls at 888-729-3776. What was your first card? That has been a hot-button issue, especially on social media. People waiting in, as a matter of fact. I'm going to read a couple right now real quick about somebody's first car at Coleman ESPN and also Chad Brown 94. Eric Green says, my first car is a 1981 Ford LTD. Two-tone blue with white walls and gangster rims. My baby Lincoln. Mm. <laughs> he was the leader of the Pip Chronicles. I like that. that. Car. Yes. No doubt about that. Jay Bone Williams says, by the way, my first car was a 1999 White Crown Vic. Big body. Man, that thing ran like a monster. He also said, guys, great show. Have a great day. From Jay Bone Williams. Thanks, Jay Bone. Yeah, so in 10 minutes, we'll take your calls at 888-729-3776. What was the first car you ever had, you ever owned? We can't wait to hear you have to say on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Meanwhile, when it comes to AFC, there's trust issues going on at the Kansas City Chiefs, specifically one position, the wide receiver position. Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback, says, you know what? We're not losing faith despite the fact that guys can't hold on to the football at that position. 
once the game was over and you kind of got to sleep and came back on that Monday, Tuesday, I think everybody's mind was in the right spot. I mean, all the receivers um, know I believe in them. That's just kind of how I roll. If you're in this locker room and I see how hard you work, I'm going to trust in you in the in big moments, and I'm going to give you chances to go out there and make plays. And uh, from everything I know, their mindset seems like it's uh, in a good spot, and they just want to go out there and, and continue to get better and better. I can see that by how hard they're working out here. Um, I feel like if we can just continue to push through the grind, um, that we'll end up uh, on the other side of it uh, as the season goes on. Normally the answer would be to the question of which team do you trust most in the AFC, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Chad Brown, I get the sense that may not be the easy or even safe answer anymore regarding the AFC and the Chiefs. Oh, no, it's it's definitely. I don't trust the Chiefs at all, and that wide receiver room is a significant part of it. So they can work as hard as they want to. Tim Tebow worked real hard at throwing the football. It didn't certainly it didn't help him stick in the NFL. So hard work is not the solution to everything regarding football. Sometimes you got to replace guys, and I don't think the Chiefs have those replacements in the building. If you are going to beat the Chiefs, there's not a receiver on that roster that you worry about. You could take away Travis Kelsey with double teams, as teams have been doing. Mm-hmm. There's not a receiver that you, that's going to scare you as a defensive coordinator left. So the only team in the AFC that I think you've got to have any bit of trust in is the Baltimore Ravens. After that, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Jags, the Browns, the Steelers, the Colts, and the rest of the AFC playoff picture, they all are flawed football teams at one level or another. Right now, I am with you, and here's why. Everybody, like, you're you're spot on. Everybody has a flaw when it comes to contenders in the AFC. They have a flaw, meaning the Baltimore Ravens, that can be fixed. And the one flaw they have is closing out games. That's something that you can fix. That can be better coaching decisions, better player decisions, better concepts, whatever that is. And I got a pretty good glimpse of that when they had a chance to almost blow a lead to the Los Angeles Rams. But that didn't happen. They were able to find a way to get that score, to take a three-point lead. Third and 17, Lamar Jackson threw a rope to Zay Flowers to put them in position to get that touchdown. Then to get the two-point conversion, give the Rams a lot of credit. But then the Ravens didn't flinch. They get a stop, they get the punt return, a punt six return for a touchdown, and they win that game. Their flaws compared to anybody else's flaws are fixable. I'm with you about Kansas City. As much as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are still great and their defense playing at an elite level, guys are going to continue to press the more they continue to drop the football or have the football come their way. That's not something that it has not been fixed by now, Chad. More than likely, you can only try to fix it or pitch and patch it as much as you can. The Miami Dolphins, I think their flaw right now could be their coach, Mike McDaniels. I think at times Mike McDaniels gets too smart for his own good and doesn't allow his team to be the kind of team they're supposed to be. You can't blow a 14-point lead with less than five minutes to play against a 4-8 and eight team at home like they did on Monday night. I've seen that happen more than a couple of times. I think, all right, Mike McDaniel, just let your guys do their thing. Your system works. You got the players that work in that system. Let them do their thing. So teams like that, their flaws you worry about. The Ravens' flaw is not as much of a concern to me when it comes to who do I trust the most right now in the AFC. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm looking at the Dolphins' schedule. Whenever they played a good football team, they haven't won. And, you know, so you beat up on the Commanders, you beat up on the Jets, you beat up on the Raiders. The, the Titans, no one wants to describe them as a good football team currently. I think they've got a good coach in my former teammate, Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, your coaching staff did not – executing critical moments of that ball game. You played the Chiefs when the Chiefs were still good. You, you lost. You played the Bills. Right. You lost that game. You played the Eagles. You lost that game. So I'm not sure who this Miami team is, and I think their offense is literally just one chink in the armor away from falling apart. We saw what happened when Tyreek Hill left the game on Monday night. 
things weren't operating at the same levels. They are so dependent upon having everything clean for them. In the playoffs, you're going to play good teams and good defenses, and they are going to specialize in making things dirty for you, not clean for you. Mm-hmm. So the Dolphins give me a lot of concern from that standpoint. Chad Brandon for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Wait until you hear what Chief is blaming this entity, why his wide receivers on that football team are not playing up to the standard that the Kansas City Chiefs have set before 2023. But Greg in Tennessee at 888-729-3776. Greg, which AFC team do you trust the most right now and why? I'd have to say the Baltimore Ravens. I, I think, yes, they've had some chicken armor, but as far as week after week, that offense is showing up. That defense is strong. They're playing every time. You look at the other teams that are behind them. Uh, you've mentioned Miami, but you also look Houston, Jacksonville. They got injured quarterbacks. Uh, the Browns, they're, Joe Flacco, who knows how long he's going to stay strong. The Bengals. They're okay, but it depends on how long their lightning rod's going to hit. And, you know, I think day in, day out, Baltimore Ravens are it. Uh, I think my 1972 Ford Fairlane Fastback that broke down half the time with a tree on the tree wasn't as dependable as the Baltimore Ravens right now. And I think your girl that's the serial killer, I want to fix her up with my boys, the quarterback up there at the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff. That boy's a pastry chef right now, Freddie. He's making nothing but turnovers. I love it, Greg. So let me get this straight. Greg gave us a great synopsis on the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. He's trying to fix up Aaron Dolan, the serial killer, with Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions, who I think Jared Goff is married, as a matter of fact. And then he was able to bring in the first car he ever owned and to tie that into the Baltimore Ravens being more dependable than the first car. That yes, and then one more. And he also threw in three on the tree. Yeah. Does yeah, anyone man. is anyone younger than fifty years old even understand what that terminology means? I'll put it this way: I know Nick Carr doesn't understand it because he's younger than thirty, so he's out. Devin Kane, you're not fifty. Shannon Penn, you're not fifty. Do you know what three in the tree means? I don't. Okay, I didn't think so. No. With sons of mechanics, Chad Brown explain what that means for those who don't know. All right, so it is a three-speed transmission, not five, not six, a three-speed transmission, and it is on the steering column how you shift it. It's a long, like a like an old school shifter where you would go from park to drive to neutral things like that. Uh-huh. But in this case, it was three speed on the shifter, mm-hmm. a very old school style of uh, changing gears and something they didn't make uh, past the early seventies. No, they did not. Once it got to like seventy three, seventy four, and then the gas crunch, they had to get rid of that three hundred tree as yeah. far as that goes. But people want the Kansas City Chiefs to go away like three hundred tree. But Travis Kelsey, he still can ball. Patrick Mahomes, we know he can ball. But Travis Kelsey is blaming this. Why the reason the wide receivers have not been able to step up like they've wanted to them in Kansas City. He said as much on the New Heights podcast. There's a lot of media pointing fingers at uh, some of the skill players that we have. I say that and excuse my language. Uh, we usually cuss in lighthearted ways, but I felt like you guys had to feel that. Whoever's talking on uh, on the, the skill players in, uh, in our offense right now, man, it's um. This is a group effort. And when you turn the film on, what's real is that we got guys that can play this game. And we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with. I know it. I've been on championship caliber teams. It's very easy for somebody who, by the way, is in the media now when it comes to Travis Kelsey to find that common enemy to support your teammates who have not had that support. I get it, Travis Kelsey. You understand the media game, boss. 
man, you understand that we can find a common enemy, a common foe that can galvanize a situation. And the easiest, easiest lapdog, Chad Brown, is to always go after people in the media who are reporting the right way while your receivers have gone the wrong way a lot so far in Kansas City. Yeah, it certainly makes an easy target, and you can defend your teammates in that way. It don't mean those dudes are going to play any better. It doesn't, it doesn't help that one bit. So, yes, good job, Travis Kelsey. You, you did what you're supposed to do as a teammate, which is defend your teammates and tell them how much you love and trust them and how good they are. Great job, Travis Kelsey. But I have yet to see a receiver on, on this uh, Kansas City team be yeah. consistent in any way other than consistently bad, right. uh, be a threat to an opposing defensive coordinator as opposed to being a threat to their own team's success. So you are who you are. I mean, to take the whole Bill Parcells quote, your record says, you know, who you are. And the, the Chiefs record is mm-hmm. not very good right now considering they're coming off a Super Bowl championship. And there's nothing about this offense outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey that gives any real football fan a sense of confidence about what they can do. Yeah, the reason I stay confident is that they still have Patrick Mahomes. And until I actually see it, I understand why I feel that way about Kansas City. But I never thought I would say that Patrick Mahomes and his basketball cousin Steph Curry would be in the same position right now, wondering what's going to happen with their immediate and far futures when other players have been able to let those two guys down. Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors on one side and the wide receivers on the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to Draymond Green in 20 minutes and what kind of future if he still has one and not just with the Golden State Warriors that comes away in about 20 minutes. But we're going to have you go back into the past and tell us what was the first car you ever had at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. People weighing in on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at Chad Brown 94 like DFO writes who says, my grandpa had the LTD. He hit the gas and it flew. It was a tank, too, fitted with a machine gun, and a few would have made people run for the hills. Travis Pelletier says, I had a fire engine, red 1975 Buick Rivera. The roof was white on white and had the convex back window. That's what we're looking for. What was your first car? Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The college football playoff semifinals. First at the Rose Bowl game. Number one, Michigan faces number four, Alabama. Then at the All-State Sugar Bowl. Second-ranked Washington faces number three, Texas. The college football playoff semifinals. Coverage begins New Year's Day at 5 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app? He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you, a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to blame the pride of St. Bonaventure, whose Charmaine name was Devin King, one of our producers, because he's the one who talked about the first car he ever got from his mom and dad. And everybody has responded in terms of what was your first car? We got a lot of great tweets. We'll read a couple of those in a second. But let's hear from you to Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Lee, in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, what was the first car that you ever had? Uh, it was a 1981 Honda Civic. Okay. Uh, got it from an abandoned vehicle auction for $10. And it cost me twenty dollars for the key to be made for it. <laughs> uh, it also had uh, two of the uh, three head exhaust bolts missing, 
Uh-huh. So when I come up to the stop sign, everyone thought I was racing them. <laughs> <laughs> it was just making a bunch of noise. I had to rev it to keep it alive. And so it come off the line like a riding lawnmower. <laughs> Tell you, man. Everyone's got a story. <laughs> Those Civics ran forever, by the way. I don't care if it was 81, 91, 2001. You couldn't kill those cars. And believe me, I tried. And I had a 2001 Honda Civic. I ran that thing everywhere. It just kept coming back for more. My, my wife had a Honda Civic in college. Okay. And um, it had a busted, uh, like, axle oh, boy. point or something. Mm-hmm. So when she would turn corners... It would make some loud noise. So she was visiting me at a friend's house. We were in college. Mm-hmm. And by this point, I was done playing. And it was clear I was going to be drafted in the NFL. Right. So as she backs out the driveway and as she turns, the car starts making all that noise. <laughs> he turns to me and says, hey, man, you got to buy our car when you get in the league, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Chad was like, I guess I'll have to now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to make sure this does not continue. She's a really pretty girl, man, but she needs a better car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my buddy JP. Oh, I had to laugh. Man, she's a pretty girl, but ooh, those, yeah. that, those wheels, man. You got news about those wheels. <laughs> Kelvin in Connecticut, what was your first car that you ever owned, my brother? Hey, how you doing? Good, my man. Hey, Kelvin. Good, good. Uh, there's two things. Um, I used to drive my father's pickup truck. It was a late 1950s pickup truck. It was a Chevy. Mm-hmm. And how you would start it, you put your foot on the floor like a little nipple and push it, <laughs> and it would start. Right, right. Yeah, true, and, true. Yeah, so I used to drive that around the neighborhood right uh-huh. in for my uh, driving practice. But my first car I purchased was a 1971 Pontiac Tempest, three-speed on the column. Three on the tree. Man, by the way, Kelvin, he needs to be in radio. Yeah, how about that voice, right? <laughs> Fantastic. Wasn't Empires. that the My Cousin uh, Vinny car? Yes, it was, yeah. as a matter of fact. Pontiac yes, it Tempest. was. Mm-hmm. That's that's a car you very rarely hear about. Very rarely hear about. <laughs> it was a three-speed on the column. It was a 350, eight-cylinder. Uh-huh. Eight, eight and it used to get stuck in the gear, so nobody couldn't drive it, so I wouldn't have nobody bother stealing it because I would have to lift the, uh, lift the hood up and, and pull this lever and push the hood down and start the car. Kelvin. So I could leave the car un- unlocked, and nobody didn't know how to start it. Wow. Kelvin, I'll produce Santa Penn. Once you do a quiet storm voice? He, 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 we need it right now. Quiet man. storm voice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, this is KP. Yeah, that's me. I'm putting a needle on the track, separating the soul from the wax right here on 91.5 WHUS you know, FM dial. My new hero right there. Kelvin, my, <laughs> my, my new hero right there. He's right. There are certain cars you look at and say, I'm going to steal that car. No, I'm good. I'm not going to. I'm going to have to leave that one alone. Tempest. I haven't heard that in so, so long. Chad Brown, Freddie going together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. What was the first car that you ever, ever owned? We want to hear from you in the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. He's one of our favorites. Keeps the country going. He is Roy the truck driver. Big Roy, what was the first car you ever owned? You ain't going to believe this. It was a 1974 Subaru. Oh, so wow. I I got, it was three speed, so I got it. I got it repainted. I painted it black with gold pinstripe. I put some brown tan seat covers on the inside, tinted my windows, and I got me them. You remember them ropes looking and um, curb feelers on the front and oh, the yeah. back? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Okay, so look, I was a I was a bus driver back then, and my friend said, "Uh, uh, man, uh, what were you doing in Kansas City?" I said, "Dude, I wasn't in no Kansas City. I was working." So man, I went, Freddie. I had to go back over to the people that paid my car, and I said. You guys had my car driving around Kansas City, Missouri. Man, they all fucked up. <laughs> they driving my car around while I'm at work. I didn't even know it until my friend said, Man, I saw you in KC. <laughs> the hell? Wow. <laughs> Some friends. Just, just take the, he won't mind. Just take his car in Kansas City. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. I don't care who you are. One last one. Ramon Jackson says, 1977 Cutlass Supreme was the first car I ever had, and my friend crashed it on my birthday. Good friends don't allow friends to drive your car if they can't drive. Let's put nope. it that way. Keep waiting on Twitter at Chad Brown 94 and at Coleman ESPN. What was the first car that you ever, ever had? And when it comes to starting over, is this what the Warriors needed with Draymond Green out for a little bit to do just that? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.